You know, here at Seeds Church, our mission is something, when I say this, you're like, well, I didn't realize that was our mission statement, but I hear it all the time. But our mission is to help people discover who God has created them to be and equip them to do what God has called them to do. And there is a journey to that. There is a path. There is a progression to that. And the very first step on that path, in that progression, is the step of knowing God. you got to first know God if you're going to discover your purpose and if you're going to be equipped to do what he's called you to do. you got to know God. you got to follow Jesus, right? And so when, when we say we want people to know God, it's not, it's not just that we want people to know about God. We want them to really know him. We want people to be in relationship with God. We want people to be actively following Jesus. It's not just from a mental ascent, but there is a soul connection between us and the Lord. And so God's destiny for your life begins with this very first step. It begins with you being in relationship with him. And then once you become to know God, once you're, once you're coming to be in relationship with him, then the next step on that progression is finding freedom. You know, all of us, we've got things in our lives uh, in our past, in our present circumstances, they are trying to weigh us down. They're trying to slow us down to keep us running at God's pace for our lives. And so we all need freedom. And that's one of the reasons why we have city groups. You know, you heard Renee up here talking about city groups, and we've got our next semester of city groups coming up. Uh, this one's coming to a close here in the next week or two. The next one's going to be starting up at the end of January. This is one of the reasons why we need to be in a relationship with people to find this freedom. We need groups of, of strong believers to surround ourselves with so that we can be real with people. We can be honest and that they can encourage us and they can speak God's truth and God's life over us and, and encourage us to not stay where we are today and that you can do that for someone else. It's not just about what you can get out of it, but it's about bringing something to the table because God's given something to you that you can also be an encouragement to someone else. And so that's why we have city groups, so that people can actually walk in finding freedom from those things. Then as you're finding freedom, then it's time to discover your purpose. It's time to discover your purpose. There are two great days in your life. The day you're born and then the day... You figure out why you were born. The day you figure out your purpose. And so God's desire is that he would be able to work through every single one of us here on this earth. So it's important that we understand how God crafted us, how he wired us, how he created us, what gifts he's given to us so that we can do that thing that we've ultimately been made to do. And that is make a difference. You, we know God, we follow Jesus, we, we find freedom, we discover, discover purpose, and we make a difference. Listen, that's what we're talking about here in this series. We're talking about making a difference. Not, not just a difference that counts for today or tomorrow, but a difference that outlives us, a difference that counts for eternity. Listen, God has a purpose for everything. God created you. So that means he created you with a purpose, on purpose. Your life matters. Your life can make a difference. And the truth is this. Your life will never truly be fulfilled. Life will never truly make sense until you discover your purpose and start making a difference with your life. 
King David knew some things about making a difference. King David knew some things about his purpose and and making a difference with his life. And let's read what he says here in Psalms 112, verse 5. He said, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. That's good news. Who conduct their affairs with justice. See, life is not about hoarding. Life is not about what can I accumulate? What can I get? What can I stockpile? That's not what life is about. I want to live my life in such a way that it makes a difference. And it's not just with my money, but it's with every part of my life. It's with every decision in my life. That's what he says. He conducts his affairs with justice. And then look at the next phrase. He says, surely the righteous will not be shaken. Surely the righteous will not be shaken. Notice that David didn't say here that the righteous would not be shaken. He didn't say that the shaking would just stop on its own. He didn't say that there will be no shaking for the righteous. He says just they will not be shaken. Listen, you can't stop the shaking. Shaking is inevitable. Why? Because we have an enemy who's out to get us. He's the enemy of God, and so as we're children of God, he's our enemy, and he's out to get us. No fear, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? And we live in a fallen world that's in the state of decay. And we all have free will, which means our decisions make a difference. Our decisions affect us, and they affect others. So shaking is going to happen. You can't stop the shaking. But what did David say? He's saying in the midst of the shaking, right in the middle of it, the righteous will not be shaken by it. Listen, the earth might be quaking all around, but I'm found still standing on solid ground. Here's the thing about this. If you don't define what your life is all about, if you don't say, well, this is my purpose, this is what I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to make a difference with my life, if you don't define what your life is all about, then your problems will define it for you. That's why I'm here today with a torn ACL. You're like, what? I don't understand. Uh, Connect those dots for me. I know my purpose. I know why God put me here. And this minor affliction is not going to keep me here or keep me from being here. I could be at home today. I could be watching the service online and be a lot lot more comfortable. Or I could be a little uncomfortable and grab my crutches and be an overcomer. Amen? Listen, I think about all through the scriptures, and I think about the story after story after story, account after account after account of how people, with their tenacious faith, they were not shaken, and they got their miracle. I think about Daniel being thrown into the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into a fiery furnace. I think about the woman that had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. The woman who had a a demon-possessed daughter, the Syrophoenician woman who had a demon-possessed daughter. And the stories go on and on and on. The list is inexhaustible of people because of their tenacious faith. They were not shaken. They got their miracle. Sometimes we hit roadblocks in life and we just give up. We quit. Right, what we meet, the, some, sometimes, some of us, 
meet the slightest resistance, and we're just done. You, you guys remember when we were kids, we had those little toys. That it was like this, this little figure on a little platform. It stood about this big, and it was all tied into like this string, and you push the button, and, and the whole thing would fall over like this. And then you let go of the button, and the thing stood, stood up again. Some people hit the slightest little resistance, and their life is just like, you know? Listen, quitters never see victory. Quitters never see victory. Listen, you're going to hit roadblock in life. You're going to hit, you're going to have failures in life. Don't quit. Don't give up. Press on. Get some perseverance. Stay steadfast. Be patient. Continue on. Quitters never see victory. We've got to, to not quit and we've got to start living intentionally. Why is that? Because if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. Listen, if you're just wandering through life aimlessly, without purpose, then your problems are going to define you. That's, your problems will define your life if you don't know your purpose and you're not out using your purpose to make a difference with your life. But what did David say? He said, the righteous will not be shaken. And then look at what he said. I like this next, this next line here. He says, they will be remembered forever. The righteous will not be shaken. They will be remembered forever. What is David saying here? He's saying, live in such a way that your life lives on. Live in such a way that your life lives on. Leave a legacy. Legacy is about making a difference that outlives me. Legacy is about making a difference that outlives us. It's living in such a way that your life lives on. Legacy is making a difference that continues to ripple and ripple and ripple and ripple. Did you know that we wouldn't probably be gathered here today if it weren't for my great-grandparents? I'm almost positive I'm almost sure that if my great-grandparents hadn't said yes to Jesus in the early 20th century, that we probably wouldn't be here today, not gathered like this. But because they said yes to Jesus, and then because my grandparents said yes to Jesus, and because my mom and dad said yes to Jesus, and because Jamie and I have said yes to Jesus, we're raising our kids to love and serve Jesus and We're raising them to say yes to Jesus too. And here we are. This church exists because you and I, we have said yes to Jesus. We're leaving a legacy. Here we are today talking about legacy, but we didn't even pave the road here. Others have paved the road before us. Do you see how this works? And your life can make this same kind of impact. God has put potential in your life to leave a legacy, to make a difference that outlives you. I know some of you don't have the same kind of family heritage that I just described for myself. You don't have the same kind of family background that I've been blessed with. with. But guess what? If you're a follower of Jesus, then we have the same spiritual lineage. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're born again, then guess what? You've been grafted into the house of David. Amen? If you're a follower of Jesus, then you are now part of the tribe of the line of Judah. If you're a follower of Jesus, then guess what? 
Your home is now the house of God. That's good news. And guess what? How exciting is it now that you get to change your family tree? How is it? How exciting is it now that you get to to leave, uh, make make an eternal difference, make an eternal impact that's going to outlive you and outlast you? That ought to stir you up, somebody. It's good news. I'm excited about it, even though here I am, you know, fourth generation. Of, of following God and loving God and loving Jesus, I'm still excited about the legacy that I'm leaving with my kids and my great my grandkids and my great grandkids. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens. Something ought to be stirring. You might be going, well, JD, I am stirred up. I am. That does excite me. So how do we do it? How do I leave a legacy? How do I make a difference that outlives me? Well, well David told us. David gave us a glimpse into, into what we need to do right there in Psalm 112. He says, we do it by living and giving to something that outlives me. This is what we're all about around here at Seeds Church. I mean, it's in our name. It's in our name, Seeds Church. What does a seed do? You plant a seed in the ground. That seed sprouts. That seed grows and matures. That seed then begins to bear fruit. What's inside that fruit? More seeds. It's legacy. That's what we're about around here. And when we say giving, living and giving, listen, yeah, we're talking about money, but we're not just talking about money. For some of us, that's just too easy. We're talking about our time and our talents as well, not just our treasure. But listen, you are a treasure. You are a treasure chest. And you need to open up your treasure chest and share the wealth of what's in your life with others around you to make a difference that outlives you. Listen, your time, your talents, your treasure, they're not just here for you to consume. They don't just exist. They've not just been given to you just so that you can consume them. You need to learn how to find ways to give away your time, your talents, your treasure in ways that outlive you. The goal isn't to live on earth forever. But it's to leave something here that does. And you, if you can get this idea, if you can get this concept, if you can get this truth deep down in the inside of you and get it part of your DNA that becomes part of you. It's not just, it's not just this like abstract idea that you, you heard at church, but it's part of your life. It's who you are. It's how you live your life. That you're living and giving to something that outlasts you then it's going to settle a lot lot of life's issues for you. A lot of life's issues will be settled for you if you can get this down on the inside of you. Why is that? Because now you've got something bigger in your life than your problems. I'm not saying your problems are going to disappear. Your problems are all going to disappear. Now, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of problems in life. I mean, like we make our own bed. Right? But there's some things in life that just happen. You don't have any control over it whatsoever. But it won't matter because you've got something bigger in your life than your problems. Some of us, we get tripped up over family problems. We get tripped up over financial problems. We get tripped up over relational problems, things at work, things at school. And those, those problems are the biggest thing in our lives. Well, th- this is the biggest thing in your lives. The secret to living 
and overcoming life and leaving a legacy is having something in your life that's bigger than your problems. Your life is not defined by your problems. Your life is defined by the difference that you're going to make that outlives you. Most of us here know this, but there's two parts. There's two parts of our life. Here's the first part that we're all in right now. It's this part here on earth. And then the next part of life is our time after we leave this earth. Now, a lot of people think, and they think about, they think about life this way, that eternity begins after we leave this earth. They, a lot of people just have that concept. They think, oh yeah, well, eternity isn't now. It begins after we leave this planet, after we leave this earth, and we step over into the, to the next part. But listen, you are created in the image and likeness of God, right? right. Yes, that's not a trick question. You are. God is an eternal being. It means you are an eternal being, which means you are living in eternity right now. So what are you going to do? Are you going to pour your life and invest in only things that are like this, a tiny ink drop in the scope of, of time? Or are you going to invest your life in the things that are going to outlive you, things that are going to make a difference for eternity? What are you going to do? P Paul wrote about this to the church in Rome. And he says this in Romans chapter 14, verse 11. And he says, For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. And then Paul says this, So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. There's going to be a day where you're going to stand before God and you're going to have two questions asked of you. The first question is this. What did you do with my son Jesus? What did you do with my son Jesus? And hopefully the answer will be, well, I knew him personally. I had a personal relationship with him. You know, I declared him as my Lord, as the, the being boss of my life, being in charge of my life. I believed, God, that you raised him from the dead. And I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I know him personally. Or you're going to stand before God and you're going to sing Sinatra. I did it my way. <laughs> Let me tell you, you want to have the first answer, not the second answer. I promise you. But those of us that answer, I knew Jesus personally. There's another question that's going to be asked and it's this. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? Paul wrote about this to the church in Corinth. He said this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So there's going to be rewards. Now, this isn't talking about uh, heaven and hell. This is not talking about well, did you do enough good to get into heaven? That's not what this is talking about. This is, this is a, a different judgment than, hey, what did you do with my son Jesus? Okay? You, you answer that question right, then boom, eternal life forever, baby. It's all good. But then we see there's a second judgment, and there's this question that's asked of us. 
And there's going to be rewards depending on what we did. And when I read this passage in 2 Corinthians, I'm reminded of Hebrews 11.6 where it says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And I think about the parable that Jesus told about when the master doled out the talents to his servants. And then I think about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, 27. He said, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. And then he will reward each person according to what they have done. J.D., this doesn't sound like grace to me. This sounds like works. Hang on a second. You might be misunderstanding grace. Uh, Spurgeon said this. I've quoted this before. I love this quote. Grace does not find a man and leave him where he is. Grace does not find a man and then just leave him there. So if grace is really in operation in your life, then it ought to be having an effect on the way that you live your life. Amen? I mean, it's there, but what are you doing with it? Don't get me wrong. Listen, we do not do good works to earn favor from God. That is not the system. That is not the gospel. The gospel is this. We do good works because we already have favor from God through Christ. Amen? That's good news. So there's going to be a day where we have to answer the question, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with the grace that I gave you? What did you do with the love that I gave you? What did you do with the power that I gave you? What did you do with the time and the talents and the treasure that I gave you? What did you do with the influence that I gave you? And the answer that you want to be able to say to that question is, I gave my life away. Jesus, I followed your lead. I followed your example. Holy Spirit, I drew power from you, and I gave my life away. That's that's the right answer. That's a good answer. God, it wasn't just about me. I lived my life in such a way that it wasn't self-centered, but it was Jesus-centered. And just like you, Jesus, you came as a ransom for many. God, that's how I want to spend my life. God, I want to spend my life not just on me, not just consuming, but I want to spend my life in such a way that it makes a difference for eternity, that it makes a difference that outlasts me. That's how I want to spend my life. Listen, we come to know God. We come to be reconciled to our creator through Jesus, by following Jesus. And then we're faced with this challenge. We're faced with a challenge by not now just living spontaneously. Not just living by happenstance. Not just living by, well, just, you know, whatever happens in life. Instead of living the que sera, sera life, whatever will be, will be, we're deciding we're going to live our lives intentionally, with purpose, on purpose, because that's how God created us. God created you on purpose, for a purpose. So that's how I want to live my life. So the question that we're faced with is, what can we intentionally do to leave a legacy? What can we do to make a difference that outlasts us? One of the ways that you can leave a legacy is by making the commitment to live to give.
I'm going to live to give. I will intentionally give what I have. Listen, this is not just about your money. It's about your entire life. You have breath, then speak life over people. You have, hu- you have arms, give somebody a hug. I know, Joe, I know you're not going to do that, but we can high five. <laughs> Some of us green personalities, we don't, we're just like, hey, we'll handshake anyway. You got thumbs? Send somebody an encouraging text. Whatever it is that you have, give, right? Whatever you have, give. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12, 48. He says, for everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. What resources are at your disposal? And what are you doing with those resources? Because whatever it is that you have, it comes with this responsibility to give. Now, some of you might think, well, I haven't been given much. So much isn't demanded from me. Well, for some of us, the reason that you haven't been given much is because you haven't been faithful with what you have been given. Jesus said in Luke, Luke 16, he says, whoever can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. So if all you have is little, don't use that as an excuse. Don't use that as a, as a, as a like, well, I don't have to do anything because all I have is little. No, start with a little. Start with whatever you have. I'm reminded of, of the widow who came and gave her last mites in the, in the, in the offering at the temple. And Jesus said to the disciples, see that woman that just threw her last two pennies in? She gave more than all these other high rollers. Whatever you have, be faithful in the little. And then when you're faithful in the little, you'll be faithful in much. You know what? I just came to a discovery about that concept recently. I, and I feel like this is revelation. I haven't, listen, this is, this is I haven't like, studied this through the word or anything like this, but I just felt like this was a revelation I got a week or two ago about this. Being faithful in the little so that you'd be faithful in much is not about proving to God. You know, it's not about like earning status or, or a place with him so that he'll give you much. He'll give you more. God already believes in you. God sees you through the lens of Jesus. So it's not like you're doing it to prove to God, well, God, here, I, I, here I've proven to myself to you, God, that I can be faithful in the little. Now, God, I'm waiting for you to be faithful in much. No, when we're faithful in the little, what we see is we see God at work in our lives. And actually, it builds confidence. It builds our confidence in God. It's not about God's confidence in you. He's already confident in you because of Jesus. But it, it builds our confidence in God when we're faithful with what he's given us, whether it be little or whether it be much. Now, if you look in the scriptures and you can say that I'm wrong about that, you can email me and we can set up coffee and you can tell me all about it. <laughs> Paul tells us this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. He says, and this is good news too, talking about giving. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That's good news. So it means if I'm faithful with a little, God's saying, hey, I provide seed to those who sow it. You're not sowing? What what need do I have to give you any more seed? But uh, hey, if I'm sowing, the Lord says he's going to keep giving me seed. And then he says this, you will be rich in every way. You will be enriched in every way. 
so that you can just have a good old time and spend it on yourself. No. So that you can be generous on every occasion. Can I just tell you this? The people that I know that are the happiest people in life are the most generous people. I'm not saying that they have the most. I'm not saying that they're the ones that are the wealthiest. Now, I do know some people that have a lot of resources, and they're very generous people, and they're very happy people. But it doesn't matter. It's not about how much you have. It's about what you do with what you have. You want to live a happy life? Live a generous life. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Listen, every single one of us is rich in some way. In some way, you have resources. In some way, you have some kind of time or talent or treasure. And so whatever way that you're rich, then find the opportunities to be generous with your wealth. I want to just close on this. Three practical things. Three things that you can do to live this out. Three things that you can do to walk out this commitment to live to give. The first one is this. Become a tither. Become a tither. What is a tithe? Tithe simply means a tenth. So this is a, a, script, this is a, a principle that we see in the scriptures that we say, well, you know what? We're going to budget our lives. We're going to plan our lives around only living and saving for the future off of 90% of, of my income. And 10% of my income, I'm going to give it to the ministry. Well, why do you do that? Church doesn't need my money. Listen, money is influence. Money is influence. So the question is, what are you going to do with your influence? Are you going to do things that build the kingdom of God, or are you going to do things that spend it on yourself? And listen, I, you, you, you've heard this truth so many times, you can repeat it to me. But it doesn't, doesn't change the fact that it's true. Listen, God can do more with your 90% than you can do with your 100%. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, this is what God says in Malachi chapter 3. This is the only place in the entire Bible where God uses this language and he says, test me. He says, try me. This is what he said in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. Try me, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. God's like, it's like he's saying, I dare you. I double dog dare you. <laughs> Try me. Test me. Do it. I'll open up the floodgates of heaven and pour down blessings on you so much so that you can't even contain it. And again, why do we do it? It's so that we can use our influence to build the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? I think that's so cool that God tells us that. There are some people that are percentage givers above and beyond 10%. I know some people that they budget their lives 
on 80% of their giving. I know some that do even more, but I, I'm thinking of uh, there's one guy in particular who's in the ministry, very well known, and he's, hey, I'm, and he has, before anybody knew his name, 20, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, when he was a traveling evangelist, he and his wife just decided, hey, we're going to just give 20%. And I tell you what, the way that the Lord has blessed him and his ministry is, is undeniable. And so you can become a percentage giver above and beyond that. But you know what? That, that takes a lot of intentionality. It takes a lot of planning. And I want to encourage you that you ought to plan what to give. Even if you are just a tither, if you're just a 10% giver, you need to plan what to give. You don't just need to be spontaneous all the time. Listen, there is opportunity for spontaneous giving. That, that's a wonderful thing. But if you're only a spontaneous giver, then you're going to not end up tithing. Because spon, spontaneous giving is like when you feel moved. Okay? And that's a good thing. The Holy Spirit can use that and work in that. But let that be the special occasion and let the hallmark of your giving be something that's planned and being intentional. Why? Because that's wisdom. That's wisdom. All throughout the first year of our church, we only took up one special offering. If you remember, it was in December of last year, and we didn't surprise you with it on the day of. We didn't like you didn't show up for the first day and you were like, hey, we're gonna take up a special offering today. No, we, we didn't we didn't show a sappy video and try to emotionally manipulate you to give. We told you weeks in advance so that you could plan, so that you could pray, so you could think about what is it that God wants me to give in this offering. And because of that offering last year, we got to do some pretty amazing things, pretty awesome things here. We got to fund some amazing kingdom initiatives here in Middle Tennessee, but also around the world. And I just want to thank you for your generosity and your faithfulness and your giving. Give yourselves a big hand clap. Peace Church, we're making a difference around the world because of our faithfulness in the way that we live to give. And we're going to do this again this year. Um, and th this is the second way. This is the second practical way, this tool that I'm giving you that you can intentionally live to give and it's through the, we're, this year we're calling it the Legacy Offering. And it's going to be on Sunday, uh, December 9th. So it's in three weeks. You're like, well, I, you know, I'm not going to be here that day. That's okay. You can give it early or you can give it after that. But what I'm telling you is, I'm telling you now, three weeks in advance, so that I'm not trying to emotionally manipulate you. I, man, we're, I was talking about somebody the other day, and... Uh, talking about tithing, and I just said, listen, God doesn't need your money. That's not why he wants you to tithe. God, God wants you to tithe so that he can show you his faithfulness. And so listen, take these few weeks to plan, to pray, and to get a word from God about what you're supposed to give. And here's what we're going to do. Everything that comes in on that, and this is, this is an offering that's going to be above and beyond our normal tithes and offerings, okay? We're still going to receive our regular tithes and offerings on that day. And then we're going to take this special offering, the legacy offering. And what we're going to do with it, we're going to give every bit of it away. 
We're going to give every bit of it away because we're going to do something with it that outlives us. We're going to do something that makes a difference that outlives us. So what we're going to do is we're going to find the very best avenues for us to make a difference here in Middle Tennessee and around the world, and we're going to give it away, and we're going to leave a legacy. Amen? Amen. Yeah, be excited about that. Here's the third way that you can intentionally live to give is through acts of kindness. Right there in your cup holders. Not very many churches get to say that, uh, but we get to say it. There in your cup holder today, you've got a couple of these cards, and it just simply says this, something extra to show God loves you. Something extra to show God loves you. I just want to challenge you. Bless the mess out of people. Take this season that we're in. This, we're walking into this, this stretch of holiday season. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Thanksgiving, Advent, Christmas. Use this as an opportunity to bless the socks right off of people. You know, if you're out today, if you're out to eat, leave your server a tip that will make them cry. A big tip that will make them cry. Some of y'all leave. Some of y'all leave a small tip and it makes them cry. Leave a big tip that will make them cry. And leave one of these cards with it. Listen, this is not about just doing humanitarian efforts. This is not just about doing good deeds. This is about doing something in the name of Jesus, right? Because our legacy is not about making a name for ourselves. It's about making a name for Jesus. It's about making him famous in this earth. It's about making him famous with my life. And so I just want to, I'm going to leave this big tip. I'm going to leave it with this card. Not just saying, hey, you did a great job. I don't care if they did a great job or not. Bless them. Listen, I don't do a great job all the time, but God still blesses me. Listen, are you hearing me? Bless the socks off of people. Think of all the different ways. Just carry a bunch of these with you. Take these with you that are in your cup holder. Someone didn't take theirs next to them. Grab theirs. We've got more of these out at the information table as you leave today. I I challenge you, grab, grab at least... Grab at least one for this next week. One, one for, when I say one, I mean one for each day of this next week. Take seven of them with you. And find something every single day this week to do just a little something extra to show somebody that God loves them. It's something you can intentionally do this week to walk out this commitment, to live, to give. And I'm telling you what, I'm excited about the rewards. When I get to heaven, I'm excited I'm excited about the rewards because you know what I get to do with them? All these crowns that I get to do, I get to lamb before the feet of Jesus. I can't wait. I can't wait to have all these rewards, all these heavenly accolades, all these heavenly treasures. That's what they say. You're laying up treasures in heaven. What am I going to do with all that? I'm going to swim in it like Scrooge McDuck in the vault. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to lamb before the feet of Jesus and say, you're the worthy lamb. I'm excited about that day. But I want to live today in such a way that I get more crowns to lay at the feet of Jesus. Because I love him. I love him. Why are we doing this? Why are we being so extravagant with our generosity? Why do we live to give? Because of this. 
We know that there is more to this life than this life. So let's live to give. Let's be generous. Let's make a difference that outlives us. Let's leave a legacy. Amen? Won't you stand with me? I'm going to sit. <laughs> Y'all stand. Let's pray for a moment. And let's first pray about that second question that we're going to be asked. What did I do or what did you do with what I gave you? Let's pray about that question. Heavenly Father, it's our desire, God, to live in such a way that we make a difference with our lives that outlasts us. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us live intentionally. We ask you to help us to live intentionally, live to give to the things that are going to outlive us. Help us, God, to intentionally share your love with the world around us. Help us to live a life that matters, God. And so we ask you for your strength. We ask you for your power. We ask you for your wisdom to do it. Jesus' name. Now let's just stay in this attitude of reverence as we're going after God in this moment. And let's pray about that first question that we're going to be asked. What did you do with my son Jesus? Some of you, you're here and you don't know God. Which is that, that first step. It's that first step on that progression. It's that first step on the path to discovering your purpose and making a difference with your life and you don't know God, you're not following Jesus or maybe you used to follow Jesus but you're not right now. But whatever your story is, you, you might feel like you, you've been far from God but you feel something drawing you right now to make a change. You feel like, I need to come close to God. I need to give my life to God. That's the Holy Spirit working in your heart right now. That's not just uh, being emotionally stirred. That's the Holy Spirit working in your life right now. And so you have an opportunity to, to respond right now. You have an opportunity to say yes, that you want to come close to God. And we want to walk with you. And help you make that decision today if that's what you would like to do. And so you can, you can today, you can surrender every part of your life to Him. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. But if you're ready to give your life to God, if you're ready to surrender all, I'm going to ask you to just put your hand up to God and say, God, that's me. Is there anybody here? And wants to do that today, to surrender their life to God. Just put your hand in the air. Say, God, that's me. Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? You can put that, you can put it down once you raise it. Anybody else? God, that's me. Well, listen. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. I can't see everybody's hands because I'm sitting down, but I'm, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. 
and I'm going to help you with the words if you need help. But your prayer should, should go something like this. Just pray, pray this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for paying for my sins so that I don't have to. I receive what you did for me through your life, through your death, through your resurrection. You gave your life for me. So today I give my life to you. I surrender all. Be my Lord. Be in charge of my life. I submit myself to your leadership. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can make a difference with my life that outlives me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you pray that to prayer today and you meant it. You made the best decision that you could ever make in your entire life. There's no other decision. There's no other decision that's better than that. Knowing God, following Jesus. You're on the, you're on the path.